My name is Queen Zoya Counts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. Today, I will be reading you a story written by L.D. Curtis. The title of this story is called Unladylike, an Erotic Short Story. I follow her on TikTok. She has nice content. She's very animated. She's very funny. She speaks the truth. And this is how I found her book. I found her book by watching her content. And I went and I bought this book off of Amazon. I will have more information for her um, in the bio when you start reading it. And she has other books that are coming out. So this book is very erotic. It touched my heart. It touched my soul. Um, A lot of people who listen to this podcast will agree this is not for kids. So if you are around any children, come back and listen to this later. Because some of the information in this story that I am going to read has not any good information for children. Especially when the name of the title is called Unladylike and Erotic Short story. Unladylike chapter one. Written by L.D. Curtis. Narrated by Queen Zawaya Counts. Unladylike chapter one. For a black girl. You have captivating eyes so wide they seem to pierce through me. See the true me, the one on the other side. Your nose, it radiates and it is luminous. It holds strength, it complements like the true huntress, the lioness. Your mouth, it draws me in, my heart takes a hit. I would walk to the ends of the earth for it, for just a smirk from it and do for only a kiss your breasts mountains of life the warmth from their nearness brings fire to my cold night your hips and thighs have me singing to the highest praise they defy the laws of physics they could raise me from my grave your skin so vibrant so soft so loud it's as if your essence was pulled from a midsummer day's cloud your hair the crown of glory makes me worry fear that resides silent and true i see your worth and i know others will desire you i'm a beautiful grown i want to see you twirl i want to give you with the rarest pearl you exceed existence in my mundane world damn you are pretty for a black girl begins ponda age 19. it was always the same men that came dirty and filthy sometimes women came too but mama always shooed them away even sinners have their limits mama would say sinner is that what i am if that was the case then i've been sinning all my life mama was a large woman a big old fat bitch everything was big about her her hands especially she was the kind of woman men would size up just in case they had to tussle with her sometimes they did but they always lost always you know what's up bobby mama shook a beefy index finger in his face this ain't your first time don't play dumb most importantly don't play me feet shuffled around i hope for the front door hurry up 
Mama had that tone, the one that conveyed hurry up before I lose my patience. He was a filthy old man, one of the worst ones. Yeah, but she ain't young as she used to be. Bobby's voice came, tried to portray confidence, but it failed. I imagined him leaning back in his chair with that smug look on his. She only 19, said Mama, still younger than the ones off 5th Street and tighter too. She finished with a cackle. The fake leather couch creaks under Mama's weight. It's a sound I heard a million times, if not more. How she stays so tight? Bobby leaned back in the chair, groaned. Word on the street is, she's busy. I ain't telling you nothing. Mama looked at the watch on her wrist. The last thing I need is you running your mouth to my competition. Now, is you buying or what? Don't waste my time, boy. That's money. Mama was growing impatient. Seconds later, I heard the rustling of what I assumed was payment. Come on out here, Ponda. You got company. Mama called my name. I hated the way she said it as if my name was venom on her tongue. Pulling myself from the window, I rose. The image of the garden behind that house faded. Sometimes when the grass overgrew, it looked like a sea of green water. When I was younger, the grass grew taller than me, and when the wind blew, the grass would dance in response. Under the cover of the grass, I was invisible from the world, from Mama. I could never play in the garden. Mama's flowers were her prized possessions. She'd sell herbs, teas, and remedies. People would come from all over, and she'd sit them in their garden. I'd often walk near the garden just to smell the blossoms. When I played in the field, she could never find me, no matter how hard she looked, but... She never looked for long. I spent hours upon days playing in the tall blades. It was my favorite thing to do. Hours imagining a life away from this house and away from Mama. Then one day, a man came to the house and cut down my sanctuary, having been able to hide from Mama ever since. Coming, wearing a blue dress, I walked into the living room. Mama always made me wear dresses. Whenever I complained, she would say something like, ladies wear dresses, Ponda, and a dress is what you're gonna wear. I can't have you around here being unladylike. That bastard Bobby stood. How you so pretty? He fixed his shirt as if to appear innocent. Her daddy was pure African, looked like a prince. That there's what a thoroughbred looks like, cackled Mama. Then she continued, you know what they say, the darker the berry. Mama let the rest sink in. Bobby licked his lips. Go on now before I change you more time. Mama headed for the kitchen, but then stopped. Bobby, remember, I only got two rules. She continued into the kitchen without another word. Yeah, yeah, said Bobby when he was sure Mama was out of hearing distance. Only a second paused, and he grabbed my hair and dragged me into the bedroom. No, please, I pleaded like I always did, even grabbed the doorframe of my room but was yanked loose. Bobby liked that I fought back. It made him even more excited. One time I didn't fight. I don't know why. I just didn't. Oh, I see. I guess getting run through by them damn men got you numb. Maybe I need to do something different, and he did. No matter how much I screamed and begged him to stop, he didn't. None of them ever did. I wish I had the ability to block it out. You know, imagine I was somewhere else, like locked in a castle where no one else could get to me. Funny, isn't it? My ideal place of escape is just another cage, but at least it be mine. Bobby's funky ass body kept me grounded here. 
with him. The smell of rotten food heavy on his breath made my stomach turn. A big piece of greenish yellow crust to the corner of his eye. Sweat from his chin dropped into my mouth. I turned my head to the side. Ah, yeah, that's the shit. Some of my lunch came up in the back of my throat and I gagged, but he didn't notice. Nope, he started to grunt and buck faster like a stunk pig, a sign he was finishing. I imagined Bobby roasting over a fire, his body wrapped in banana leaves with a single apple shoved into his mouth, just like a pig. Around and around, his body would spin as the fire grew hotter and hotter. Muffled screams would fall onto uncaring ears as I poured boiling oil onto his wretched chest. Betty wouldn't like that. Not one bit. In the bathroom, shower running full blast, Bobby's and Mama's voices faded into nothing. Warm water cascaded down my soil body, rinsing him from my skin. Gotta be clean, Connor. I repeated Mama's words, then lathered my body. Careful to not take too long, hot water wasn't a luxury I had. I did my business fast and efficient like Mama had shown me. After every appointment, I had a shower and put on a fresh face and a new dress because Mama would be mad if I didn't. Their voices drifted to my ears and I assumed they were arranging his next appointment. It was the same damn thing day after day, week after week, month after month, every day since I was nine. Every day they would come. At first it was just glances, a hug too long here and small butt caress there. Mama called it tea time. The thought crashed in my brain. I remember that first day with vivid clarity. Here, girl, Mama gave me a blue box wrapped in a giant silver bow. This here color is Tiffany blue. Blue was my favorite color, always had been. It's the color of the untouchable skies and unexplored oceans. Inside the box was a gorgeous white dress like something out of a fairy tale. The fabric felt as smooth as silk and it shined like the heavens. I hated dresses even then, but this one was beautiful. We're going to have a real special guest today, Ponda, so go put that on. Mama went on about her work in the kitchen. When I returned dressed, she was humming an old tune. I wasn't familiar with the melody, but it sounded sad and sweet all at the same time. Need some help, Mama? Ooh-wee, look at you. Mama grabbed my hands and twirled me around. Nah, nah, baby girl, you just go sit down and drink the tea I made for you. Mama kissed my forehead. That was the first memory I had of Mama being affectionate towards me. I should have known it came at a price. The tea was hibiscus, my favorite. It smelled like flower blossoms and cake, sweeter than usual. It had a faintly strange aftertaste, but I drank it down just the same. The doorbell rang. I, 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 I can get it. I scooted my butt to the edge of the sofa to go answer, but the room seemed to spin like when I'd open my arms under the blue skies and I would spin. Coming, the sound of Mama's voice was out of focus. Everything was. Mama! The word slurred from my mouth and my tongue felt heavier than it should. She walked in with a man in a suit I had never seen anyone so dressed up before. Not in real life, I mean. 
I tried to tell her something was wrong to show her, but my body fell forward. I heard Mama call out a name. Mr. McCoyd. I didn't know who or what a Mr. McCoyd was. Everything was dark around the edge of my vision. Soft, gentle hands caught me. Arms I knew didn't belong to Mama. Waves of icy shivers blasted off from my ankles and worked their way up to my cows. Thighs, stomach, back, and arms, and then ended with a frigid chill at the top of my head. My forehead break out in a cold sweat. Enough. I stopped the memory from progressing. The water from the shower, now cold, made my body quake. Grabbing a nearby towel from the rack, I covered up and stood in front of the bathroom mirror. Peering into empty eyes, no thoughts crossed my mind. Nothing. Way too many hours later, I walked into the kitchen. My dress hung loosely off shoulders. I didn't bother to fix it. I didn't even care. I didn't have big breasts like mama. Mine's was as flat as a board. A plate of warm food sat on the table waiting. Mama always fed me well, but the food never looked appealing. Ooh, wee! Mama waved a wad of money in the air and laughed, trying to tell me you getting older. Girl, you getting better. Look at all this here. Mama stuffed the money in her bra. Keep it up, baby girl. You think they'd feel bad, the men and mama included. I was never willing, but that didn't seem to matter. Most of them started giving me jewelry on top of the money they paid mama. Some even asked me to run away with them. So what? They can have their way with me whenever. No thanks, I'll pass. On Sundays, mama let me rest. It was my day or so she always says, but today wasn't a day off. No, it was a work day. Rising from the table, I yawned. Then put the plate in the sink. My appetite was beyond ruined. I'm tired. The words autoplay in my mind. Tired of everything. Mama, I stood at the sink, my back to her. When do I get to stop doing this? Ain't we got enough? You said... I said until we paid all the bills and we still got bills to pay. Mama's sharp voice bounced all around me. I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to live like this. I want to live like a regular person. The words left my mouth, but they didn't feel like I was the one who said them. Yeah, well, people live doing all kinds of things they don't want to do. That's life. My hand clutched the plate. I ain't sleeping with no more of them nasty ass men. I threw the plate with aggravated strength and it collided with the wall, then broke. The bright colors of the food dripped sluggishly down the painted surface. It reminded me of spoiled trash, the kind that sits in wait, the kind that festers, the kind that grows fungus and attracts flies. Everything became quiet and the air denser. Mama didn't bat an eye. Her calmness frightened me. In all of my 19 years, I had never seen her with such stillness. Is that so? She asked in the sweetest voice. It was a warning, one I chose to ignore, which was my second mistake of the day, because no one, especially not me, ever talks to Mama that way. Never. Several hours later, I limped down an unknown city street. My body ached. The throb in my busted lip was a constant reminder of what awaited me at home. Some home. A thought occurred to me. What if it wasn't mine? My home, that is.
fingers to my forehead, I felt the promise of a knot, a reminder of who was in charge of me, the house, the bills, the money, and most of all, me. The sun had set hours ago and I'd already taken the last bus into the city. Mama ne never let me go on without her, but sometimes at night I would sneak out and just walk the neighborhood. Some subdivision, the nearest neighbor's miles away, five miles to be exact. It was cold and dark outside and the moon covered the, offered the only light needed. The night never scared me. No, the real monsters walked around during the daytime. They dressed in human clothes, smiled with human faces. During the day, the monsters could see me. Even when I couldn't see them. Even when I didn't know who they were. Even when I didn't know they were near. At least in the dark, my sight and theirs were equal. I didn't have money to get back home and no family. But mama, that I knew of. If I was lucky, maybe I'd be dead by morning. A homeless man lay sleeping against a building. A sign that read, need help, rested next to him. His coin cup toppled over and several coins and bills laid pinned underneath it. I bent down and turned the cup right side up and placed the coins and bills back into their plastic home. If he wanted to live in this horrible world, the least I could do was not take that option away from him. I stood and I continued to walk. Most people will have stolen it. A voice came from behind me. I turned around, startled. The homeless guy was now awake and staring at me. I ain't no thief. I turned and continued to make my way down to the sidewalk. My ankle, now two times its normal size, throbbed each step, launching a sharp pain from my heel that shot through the joint, then up to my calf. What's your name? He heard to his feet, his cover sliding from his body. My name ain't none of your business. I kept my distance. He dusted his clothes and straightened his posture. The man who stood before me no longer resembled a homeless man. Beneath the blanket was a well-dressed young man no more than a year or two older than me. If I were to guess, the young man was the kind of guy you saw in magazines and in the movies. Mama never let me read magazines, but I would see one from time to time on those rare occasions when she took me out. And the guy before me resembled the models I had saw on those covers. You a cop? I took a step back, prepared to run. Why, are you a whore? He put his hands into his pants pockets. His words pissed me off. What the fuck? He didn't know me, yet he had the guts to ask such a rude question. I'm a lady. I lifted my chin. I won't have this stranger disrespecting me. That's what a whore would say. He shrugged his shoulders. I turned on my heels and started to walk away. The last thing I needed was someone I didn't know getting on my nerves. Hey, he called after me. When was the last time you had a good meal? His footsteps smacked the sidewalk behind me. Street lamps on both sides of the street flickered, sending rays of dim light to cast shadows into the surrounding darkness. Glancing over a shoulder, a chiseled face with a pair of beautiful hazel eyes recessed into velvety caramel skin caught my attention. I ain't interested in no food. Keep it moving, buddy. I continue to walk away. What about money? Ain't got no interest in that either. My pace picked up a few notches. Then how about I give you the one thing you need? His question made me stop in my tracks. Curiosity made me turn and face him. And what is it that you think I need? He didn't seem all that tall them far away, but up close he towered over me. 
What you need is a way to escape your current hell. He closed the distance between us, and I can help you do just that. Now tell me, what's your name? You have just been listening to On Lady Light. I will be reading chapter two next week. So please come back and support this story. If you want to have any information on the story and the author, you will find it um, in the bio. And I would like to thank you for listening to Miss Z's Storytelling. Thank you.